recording. I am I now recording though. So, so there you go. Patrick has not watched raw. I wasn't going to talk about raw anyway. I know exactly what That's we're going to talk about. You don't have to worry. I hear Dexter it. Loomis is back. Yeah, but he was on NXT. So you don't really know who he is. No, I, I, I remember. Oh, start the sound. <laughs> hey, yo, why should you visit the chair Thechairshot.com is your home for hard hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I mean, you're just going to replace me. Shut up! Random Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? And Greg DeMarco. You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome! It is a Tuesday night. We are finally live and recording this week's edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. Computers, be damned. Here we are. Greg DeMarco, Patrick O'Dowd, Chairshot Radio Network, Chairshot.com. Always use your head. It's time. Here comes the big dog. Go follow Patrick O'Dowd on the Twitter, at Wrestling Realist. You all know the drill. I don't even know why I say it, but I always have to. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist. Patrick O'Dowd, we are going and having a great time. Patrick sent me a message, and I don't even know what the hell it is, what it means on on the chat. Like, like who were we talking about? That uh, You're muted, by the way. I don't know who we were talking <laughs> You you told me I didn't know who Dexter Loomis was, and I was like, I remember oh, from Impact. Dexter Loomis was in you're Impact. You're like his Sam Shaw was. What's that? Dexter Loomis was never in Impact. Yeah, well, Sam Shaw was. Yeah, whatever. Same. same fucking, pretty much same character. Same too. fucking character, dude. Shut up! I know, I know. Same character. Look, go follow Patrick O'Dowd. Join the many OnlyFans bots. It they'll they'll. Boost up the follower count. They're they're real, goddammit. They're following me on Instagram right after they follow you on, on the Twitter. I've gotten a whole bunch well, of four, those. Four, four more lady bots, and I am back to hashtag Patrick500. <laughs> I need, need more fembots to follow you on, uh, on, That's right, on the Twitter damn it. so we can get that going. You can follow me at ChairShot, Greg, the website at ChairShot Media. It's thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. We've got a fun edition of You Just Made the List later in today's show. I'm excited about that one. Um, It's because I know where Patrick will go. I'm going a different way, and I think it's going to be very enjoyable. Um, We've got some good things to talk about. But 
And as Patrick indicated before the show began, he didn't watch Raw. I watched Raw, another very good edition of Raw. I think things are good. Things are good creatively in WWE. Things are good. But what I want to talk about, Patrick O'Dowd, is someone else who watched Raw. That person also watched SummerSlam. And you, as the host of Bandwagon Nerds, would know that Kat Dennings is a <laughs> WWE fan and the yeah. internet is losing its goddamn mind over the fact that Kat Dennings is apparently... I said that she's a wrestling fan. She's a WWE fan. Right. And that's the problem, I mean, apparently. Yeah, how dare she like an entertainment product? Man, they're going to really hate it when she's front row at a show. Which I'm sure is already being worked on. If not right, like you can't, you can't tell me that that has a, that that those contacts haven't been made. At minimum, is, she'll be at WrestleMania because it's in LA. But right, this is just stupid. It's stupid to get up in arms over what fucking wrestling program a celebrity enjoys. And I'm sorry, yep. as I do believe you pointed it out. Guess which one has the higher odds of a celebrity randomly watching it? It would be WWE, and that's ding, the ding, thing. ding, ding, ding. Like, okay. And then these idiots on Twitter are literally replying to her, suggesting she watch AEW. Well, if you like that, right. you'd really like this. First no, of all, you wouldn't. Exactly. If someone no. likes WWE, why in the world would they like AEW? They're completely different products. They're not oh even the same gosh. business at this point. Like, oh, like she watched SummerSlam. Brock Lesnar yeah, lifted I, I saw, the ring I saw with tweet. a tractor. And someone thinks she might like to watch John Moxley and Mance Warner? I mean, I hear Mance Warner's big time. Don't even get me started on the whole Mance Warner thing. My God. No, this is it. He's huge now. He's the biggest thing in the history of wrestling. Yeah, their 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 fan base is going to grow exponentially after the Mance Warner booking. Let's Not that they have 109 man. wrestlers under contract that they could have used any one of them to work John Moxley, but we got to use Mance Miro. Warner. What's that? Miro, I hear he's not doing anything. No, he's liking tweets that people, <laughs> people who are saying that he's being misused, as is Andrade. And now with Triple H in charge, you know all these people are upset and wish they didn't sign like these long-term deals that apparently went right. through 2027 and shit like that. Like, It's just, yeah, it doesn't matter because eventually – when when the TV rights don't go up because Warner doesn't want to, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But I just oh, what possesses people to reply to this human being that they've probably never tweeted at before, and probably well, some of them probably know what characters she's played. Others probably know her from Marvel, but don't realize she was on a TV show. Like, why would they do this? And I know, have I met Twitter? Like, I literally said this to you last week. But yeah. now it's my turn. What possesses these Cheeto-eating, basement-dwelling neckbeards to think they can convince Kat Dennings to watch All Elite Wrestling? Because they're because they're Cheeto-eating, I can't even, basement-dwelling neckbeards who... Okay, so when I was in high school, I, I had this friend. And uh, he was... He's a good friend of mine. He clearly believed and, and like legitimately believed that he knew better than anyone else in the room. 
And his mission was to insufferably tell people how the things they loved weren't things that they should love and that they should love this other thing. And then they would tirelessly try to convince folks that this is the way to go without recognizing that you're speaking to a dead wall, like to a brick wall, like that you were just like, and, and this guy, he was a friend of mine stood up at my wedding, um, but was in, in, he, he just, it's a mansplaining thing. It's a, it's a gatekeeping thing. It's a, well, you're not really a fan because you don't like this. Um, well, you don't, you know, you, you think this is wrestling, but that's not wrestling. This is wrestling. And then we show, you know, and here's the thing, Greg, for a while, in in terms of wrestling, and I think this is fair to it. I was kind of that guy too. I used to, I used to be the, well, you think WWE is great. Check out this ring of honor shit and look at all these DVDs I have in a briefcase that I, that I still have in yep. a briefcase. Um, so it's, it's, it's what, it's what needy desperate fans do. It's what, it's what, um, it's, it's just a, it's a fan base that I don't know what, I don't know what kind of coup they think they're pulling by trying to get Kat Dennings to, to watch this other product. Um, and that they are so arrogant as to believe that Kat Dennings is going to reply to their cheat tweet. Like Kat Dennings follows like thirty people, and does she have a history? Because some people like will reply to fans, and some celebrities are into that. Like I've followed on Twitter. I don't, by John I don't Cena. know how like, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones to get followed by John Cena at some point. Like he's followed like a, a million people or something like that. Like I'm I'm just lucky, and and to be in the million. But I I just I, it's but I have to give them credit. Honestly, I have to give these idiots credit. I feel like they're doing more to grow the fan base than AEW itself is. Because I jokingly yeah, I mentioned so, yeah. Mance Warner, but on Rampage, Mance Warner was the challenger for John Moxley. And here's what they didn't do. They didn't show any videos of Mance Warner. They didn't give us any backstory on Mance Warner. They didn't tell us why Mance Warner was there. They didn't do any of it. Mance Warner posted his own video on social media after the John Moxley match. But, and, and, and what the AEW fan base, the same idiots trying to get Kat Dennings to watch a show. What'd they say? We'll Google him. Right. That's the answer. Like, this is why the fan base doesn't grow. And then I actually just saw this Patrick O'Dowd in the moment. And this plays into something I've been saying about AEW all along. Here's the headline from our good friend, Jeremy Lambert. I actually don't really like. At Fightful. Just because he's been a dick on Twitter about a couple of things. Dustin Rhodes says he heard down the pike. Those are air quotes. Heard down the pike. AEW will move to two-day pay-per-views. But, Okay. Two-day pay-per-views. So, are they going to cut the four-and-a-half-hour-long pay-per-view in half? Or are they going to have two four-and-a-half-hour-long pay-per-views? I think they'll have... I mean, WrestleMania had, like, what? Two, three-and-a-half-hour pay-per-views this year? Sure. 
something. So, so, something, so it's also you know. it's also the exception, not the rule, for the WWE and their pay per view model. Maybe it'll change now that creative is different again. Yeah, I Double don't know, or Nothing had like eighty seven matches this time and was right. running long because Tony Khan was like, "Well, I want people to tune into the main event after UFC." Like, what an idiot! Um, and he literally is like, first of all, he's like. Um, you know, they could run a soccer stadium in the UK because their TV is going well in the UK. They probably could do well in the UK. I don't know about a 40, 50,000 seat soccer stadium, which is what he's saying. And he guarantees it would sell it. This is Dustin Rhodes. But I love here. I think we're going to two-day events now for pay-per-views. I believe. I've heard that down the pike. So he's going full Meltzer here. It'll be like a WrestleMania experience. You have two days of double or nothing or two days of all out or revolution. What I don't understand is, I guess, what what we said all along that AEW is doing. They're just taking this existing fan base that is a finite number of people, and they're fleecing the hell out of it. They just release because there are people that will buy every single T-shirt that they release on pro wrestling teams. And they is, will order it, is it fleecing paper. if they're is it fleecing if they're willing? Like if they're giving it, I mean, if they're giving an audience what they want, I mean, are they ripping that audience off? Like, does that audience? No, no. Maybe like, I'm using the like, word wrong. Maybe fleecing is not the right word. I mean, I, I think I think milking, squeezing blood from that stone, absolutely. Like, I think that they are definitely taking them for all the money that they're willing to give them. Um, but fleecing means that you're not going in there with your eyes open. And I think um, this... I don't know. Here's the definition of fleecing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Obtain a great deal of money from, in, in parentheses, someone, typically by overcharging or swindling them. Now, I wouldn't say they're swindling, but sure, you could but they, say they're they, overcharging. Maybe. maybe, yeah. But I yeah, don't I know, because that. in capitalism, it, you're worth or people will pay. And people are paying it. So I, I don't really right. know. If they're overcharging either. But to me, it's like what instead of growing and bringing in more fans, we're just going to do more for the existing fans and give them more opportunity to spend money. And in the short term, that's a great business model. I'm not being a sarcastic prick. In the short term, that is a great business model. In the long term, that is not a great business model because eventually – one or two of those will go away and one or two of those will go away and the, the audience will get smaller and smaller. And so you'll just have to do more and more to try to get more out of the same people and they'll start to right. figure it out and they'll, they'll start. Go. And, and WWE has one, two night pay-per-view a year right now, WrestleMania. That's it. He's saying a two day all out, a two day double or nothing. Okay. Those are big events. A two day revolution, which is like backlash at best. Like what is, is, I mean, I don't think we're ever going to see a two-day Hell in a Cell weekend for WWE. No, Unless no, they start no. traveling with the takeovers again, which I think is possible now under new leadership. Maybe, yeah. But it, but again, that's that's a takeover. That's a smaller, smaller video right. show. And it's not necessarily connected to the... Designed to, to please the, the AEW fan base. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not really... It's not really fleecing that, that crowd, as, as you've been saying. Uh, or over overcharging. I think that, I mean, we got to take this statement for what it's worth to like, right. you just said like down the pike, like blah, blah. I, I think that it would be foolish to make every pay-per-view 
weekend uh, a multi-day event for AEW. That's just insane. Because you're right. You're going to see people start to make decisions about where they put their money. And like a lot of fans can't afford right. wrestling weekends. And, and I get it. AEW doesn't do a pay-per-view every month. But still, that's, that's, that's work. Here's that's the other thing, too. Like, they're going to go to Chicago for All Out. And if I, I think I'm correct in this. They're running the same building Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Oh. And so there are people who are going to go there and spend like five, six days there. So you might as well do things on the other nights. Um, yeah, I guess so. But. I'm sure an Indy will run on Thursday and somebody else will run on Saturday. Like you could do your Saturday and your Sunday for all that. And they do that for a lot. I mean, every time they run Chicago, which is a ton, and they did it in Vegas too. Um, and then they immediately went to – they parted in Vegas and then went to LA for, for their next TV. So it made sense. Um, but it's just, you know, and, and these people like literally that's all they live for. And so the fans just take their vacation then from work and they travel and do this and they go home and they work and they live in the basement and they do whatever. I mean, I guess more power to you. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, why bother having a family and children Our, when you can just travel around and see AEW? But I mean, but far be it for me to tell people how to spend their money, right? right? Well, I guess exactly. you guys tell me. It's like but it's how long will that work? I don't know the average age of an AEW fan. I don't know the average household household side of uh, size of an AEW fan. No. But these it's, things could eventually change. It, they could change, and they will change. It's, it, you you talked about it. Like let's use the, let's use the previous example that I mentioned before. ROH when ROH was like king of and and this is apples to pomegranates, listener out there. I'm not saying that. ROH was ever like ROH was not at the level that AEW was at its start, but for a time, ROH was the hottest. It was arguable. They were easily the number three wrestling company in the country. Arguable that they could have been the number two because what was impact really doing? Right. They just had television, but their dedicated fan base like I, we went to those shows. Like that, that thing was huge, and then all of a sudden, it was huge until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And and it was, it was when that sh- the talent shifted. Like talent started to go elsewhere, and suddenly the crowds sort of changed. Like there was no longer CM Punk, there was no longer Samojo, there was no longer Daniel Bryan Danielson, there was never, you know, there was no longer. Um, and then no. the second generation, you, you eventually lost Tyler and Black, you your, and you eventually lost Davey Richards. You lost Kevin Owens, and you yeah. lost Davey Richards, and you lost El Generico. And eventually, like, that coverage just went bare. Yeah, and then, then and, your world champion was Matt Tate. Right, and the creative direction wasn't there. Like, they, they went through so many different changes in creative heads, and, and right now that hasn't happened yet. But, like, just the, the ebb and flow and the, the challenge – to maintain a company and its momentum and to keep it all fresh. And that's the other thing is I would argue ROH ran into some real stagnation in its booking and its, and its, and its presentation that as you are alluding, as you pointed out, Greg, like it's, you start to get to a point where you're like, ah, I've kind of seen this before. Do I need to go this time? And yeah. people start saying no, and then things diminish and, you know, and the pandemic didn't help, but, ROH was in a, yeah, it, was it was going was negative town well yeah. before the pandemic. So, and they even had issues before then, like 
We went to we, the greatest night in the history of our sport, Edison, New Jersey, final mm-hmm. battle, 2005, with a thousand of our closest friends, packed into this little indoor roller hockey rink in, in Edison, New Jersey. Years later, they run Edison on a Friday, and Austin Aries calls it a B show. And next thing you know, they can't sell tickets in Edison, New Jersey anymore. Right. Or well, Wayne, New Jersey, Austin or, or anywhere. Yeah. And, and so they did stupid things that led to stupid things. Um, and, and that's just kind of what, what happened to, to Ring of Honor. And I wonder, like, will that happen to AEW? Like, they don't have a plan to get more fans if the current fans go away, short of idiots tweeting at Kat Dennings begging her to watch their show. And, <laughs> and that's just, you know, that's a problem, in my opinion, and, and that makes them look stupid and is something that they've got to try to figure out. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what uh, what they're going to do or how they're going to do it, but I just feel like they're up against something that that is, is not going to help them. And then, and this is the funny thing, because WWE fans are not free from this stupidity whatsoever. We're just calling everybody out before we have some fun with the list. As you probably know, regardless of whether or not you watched it, and, and you should because it was a good episode, on SmackDown on Friday, my tribal chief and yours, the, the, the good man himself, Roman Reigns, Acknowledge me! Who Drew McIntyre called the tribal queef in the most sophomoric and stupid ass line ever that does not fit his character in any way whatsoever um like maybe drew mcintyre needs a uh a script writer for his promos maybe but he um drew mcintyre came out and and was was cutting his promo to roman reigns and here came the returning carrion cross along with his, his valet manager and wife scarlet bordeaux who they just know as scarlet and and he attacked Drew McIntyre. And fans on Twitter were like, that's the end of AEW. Like, <laughs> Karrion Cross is the key to, to the end of no. AEW? No. Like, that's, uh, what, what was Karrion Cross doing in AEW? He was never there. He didn't right. even sign. Like, like he... And then... He, I, supposedly they wanted him to that? come in and do like a, you know, be like an open challenge person, but he didn't want to come because he just would have lost and then who knows what. And and then, of course, he was working the indies and now he's back in 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 WWE where he belongs, in all honesty. But right. like that was the thing. Like that's just what cracked people but, like, yeah. well, that's it. AEW's dead. WWE got carrying cross. And I'm like, Did you see, see I, the guy I, the first time he was there? I guess I thought I saw more people making fun of the return of Karrion Cross as in like that's it. He's they they brought back Karrion Cross. Like what he do? Yeah, I, um, and I've been very open about my thoughts on Karrion Cross. Like this guy is a legitimate badass. He's trained in multiple disciplines. Could legitimately beat five of our asses all at once. But for some reason, when he shows up in WWE, he looks like he's playing wrestler. He's not believable at all. And and he does this like TikTok and pay the toll. And I'm just like, what what does that even mean? Like, like, I don't even pay tolls here in Arizona. Like, like, what what are we talking about? And 
And I just, and he had all the flashiness, whatever. And like, he worked a match in NXT with Kyle O'Reilly, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole. And still looked like garbage. Like, if you can't work those guys and look, Brock Lesnar's best opponents are smaller than him. Like, and, yep. and, and Cross looked huge against those guys and looked small compared to Drew McIntyre, who's, you know, surprisingly six foot seven or whatever he is, six five. And, and, you right. know, and Roman's just looking at him and it's like, and then he does his raw stuff and it's like, you look like a kid playing, pretending to be a wrestler. And you shouldn't look that way because you are jacked, you're big, you got a good look, you've got the girl now. Like, yeah. this should work, but it isn't. And I'm just worried that he's a Triple H project. And this could be one of those things that we look at. We look back on with Triple H and be like, nobody's perfect. Well, and nobody is perfect, right? And and so here's the other thing. Based on, it's so funny. The sample size is so small. But the good faith that Triple H has right now means that he can bring it means that he can, yeah, the Triple H colored glasses means that he can bring back Karrion Cross and, and give it a go. Means that he can, because I, like, I know Dexter Lewis had a funny thing going in NXT. Um, is, is it, is it main roster good? Like, is, is that, like, is that where we're going? But, but you can kind of try it because one, it's the summer. Who gives a shit? And, and two, Triple H has got goodwill, so he can he can see how a couple of risks go and probably be okay. And you know, you bring you bring back Kerry Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux, and, and eventually, I don't know, split them up. That's a WWE thing to do. I don't feel like but that's the I don't McMahon think they will. Do. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that maybe they won't happen. ever. But I mean, they're you never married, know. so unless they split up. Um, no, I'm not saying they're going to force him to get a divorce or anything, but you know, yeah. from a creative standpoint, they're going to look at who can, who, who will get the eyeballs. Right. I, I know, but they make her look stupid. So it, it's, it's with this weird hair and everything, but, but she's, but I mean, they brought him up without her the first time and that didn't work. And they dressed him like, you know, demolition back in the day. And it looked, he looked stupid. And Drew McIntyre made fun of that on social media, but like, you yep. And he's supposedly going to get inserted into the main event picture right away with McIntyre. And it might even be a triple threat at Clash of the Castle. And they might use it to have Theory cash in. What I heard was Theory's going to cash in, making it a match for the WWE Championship. And then McIntyre's going to win by pinning Theory, win the WWE Championship now that Rock can have a title back. Because they need a title back. And I think Triple H is going to want to give them a title back. I get that. But I just... Remember what Hulk Hogan said about Bobby Roode? Karrion's not the guy, You're not the the guy, guy. brother. I just don't. I I think he can work. I just think he needs a better character. I think this character is stupid and hokey, and I don't. The Undertaker is hokey, but I believed it. You know, Dexter Lewis is hokey, like you talked about, but I believe it. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, like they're all hokey characters that I believe. I don't believe a damn thing Karrion Cross does. But I just right. think it's the character. I think the performer can do well, and the perfect place for him to be is WWE. It's just this insistence on the stupid character. Well, plans may change, or not. I hope so. But they may. 
I hope so. I'm just going to do my best Meltzer right now. Like, you know, I heard that he might be changing within the next week or two, but he might not be changing either. It it could, it could be this, this could go on for another week or so or another month. We just don't know. But I've heard sources say that tomorrow he will be coming up into the ring in a pink tutu with uh, a fairy wand that he cracks Drew McIntyre in the back of the head with. Or that could all not happen. Plans could change. I hope they do. I hope they do. That's all I'll say. I, I yeah, we've, unfortunately, we, we kind of went all over the place here. We did. Hey, that's we, okay. Right. We, we, we meandered on that. I'm the one who has to write the description of the show and figure out how to describe that. But I will. Three sentences um, or less, Greg. I use bullet points. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Anyway, I will tell you guys this. Head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up one of those chair shot t-shirts. They're beautiful. They're comfortable. They're inexpensive. They support the cause. They support the movement. And you don't just hand over money. You hand over money and you're given something wonderful in return. And that is a t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. So head on over there. Pick up a shirt. Maybe it's a logo shirt. Maybe it's a slogan. Maybe it's a podcast shirt. Maybe it's one of the other many designs that we have. Who knows? But it'll be comfortable. It'll look good. It's a conversation starter. It'll feel good, especially in soft style. They, they fit better. They feel better. Everything like it's the way to go. You can get tank top. You can go long sleeve. You can get any one of many options that you want over there at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. So pick one up today. That is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. That's right. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, including yours. It's time to make a list. Patrick O'Dowd, it, it's, we didn't do the list last week. We had a lot to talk about, and, and so there was no list, but... The list is back this week, and we are going to see who makes a list. It is your turn to make the list. And so if you can, let us know what is today's topic for the list. Well, Greg, as everybody who listens to this knows, I'm an old school guy. And a lost piece of old school wrestling was the quote-unquote jobber, or as it was more kindly known, the enhancement talent. So this week, I thought our list could be enhancement talents. Our, is it our top six? Is that what we're calling this? Like, I don't know how. how yeah, it's just, it's really just the list. It's like we're just making a yeah. list based on what we our feel list. today, August the 9th, 2022. And in this moment, I have four names on my enhancement talent list, and you could probably guess two of them. I probably could, and and I've got some too, and and minor, interesting to say the least, and um, okay, and and will be fun. So uh, that's cool, man. Yeah, 
That's that's cool. So enhancement talent is our list for this week. So I get to go first. As you do because I picked the list. I get to start the list off. So number one on the list, Patrick O'Dowd, is a name that I, I would bet money is not on your list. Okay. Because this person has actually held a championship or two, but like, okay, he held like a UWF championship while working for the NWA WCW, NWA eventually WCW. But to me, I view this person as an enhancement talent. A guy who, as a younger Greg, wanted to see get the push before I even knew what the push was. And that is one, Brad Armstrong. Oh, good choice. So it's your turn. Yeah. You know, before we before we go, really one of the most respected guys oh, yeah. that you hear people talk about, just as far as his like talent and his ability to work. Uh, it's funny you talked about like enhanced talents, not like holding championships and, and folks like that. Uh, this talent that I'm going to pick is actually my most recent uh, of talents um, in terms of like when they last wrestled. Um, they held the Intercontinental Championship. They what? once talked about the length of time that they held the Intercontinental Championship in comparison to the Honky Tonk Command. He spoke ill of Stone Cold Steve Austin's classic film, and that is Santino Morello. Because even though Santino got these titles and was in these stories, he was all about building other people up. He was uh, a comedy bit through and through. And is really what I would argue is the modern enhancement talent because the, he he was never really going to go far far, but you were actually going to have like a lot. The, the next two names that I list off, there's no stories with these people. Right. There was no angles with these guys ever, but everybody had some. You know, he he was an angle. He he his character was an angle. His introduction was an angle, and he was you know you could argue he was a mid carter lower mid Carter, but he was really one of those guys that was there to make other dudes look good. So my next person on my list is a guy who, and there was a version of him in the NWA and there was a version of him in the WWF. And to me, they were at the same level. They would occasionally win so that when they worked somebody else, they were more credible. They were the jobber that you ascended to. Like you wouldn't, you might beat them right away if you were trying to come in hot, but if they were going to build you slowly, you would not face this person right away. And you would have been, and then on like primetime wrestling, they might get a win over another jobber or something like that. Or in this case on uh, NWA world championship wrestling before it was WCW, they would probably get a win on occasion, or maybe they got the win on NWA worldwide. Who knows? This person even had a match on a clash of the champions. I think against either Barry Windham or Dr. Death, Steve Williams. I can't remember, but I'm going to look it up. And that is one of my personal favorite jobbers, enhancement talents back when I was a kid, the Italian stallion. Ah, yes. Gary Sabah was his name, but he worked as the Italian stallion. That's an excellent, excellent choice. Uh, I have, 
I do. I too have. See now, I'm I'm facing this. I got three names in two spots. Uh huh. And I'm like, it's like, which which child gets to be the honorable mention? By the way, Brad um, Armstrong wrestled at the second class of the champions. Now that I'm looking at it, and yeah. lost to lost to Barry Windham in a United States Championship match in 14 minutes. Yeah. Impressive. I mean, he he was always he was always like, like I said, he was well regarded. He would be spoken highly of. And then, okay, won. we want to go even further. The Italian Stallion wrestled on Clash 3, no, 4, Seasons Beatings, lost to Dr. Dusty Williams in over 15 minutes. Wow. What is that shit? That is nice. So, you talked about jobbers, um, or, or sorry, jobbers to the stars, if you will, or like those upper-level enhancement talents. My pick will also be an upper-level enhancement talent. And this guy participated in the last match of the first Royal Rumble. Ooh. And I know, in a tag match. Because the last match of the first uh, Royal Rumble was not the Royal Rumble. You're correct. Uh, and was completely derailed by a serious injury that took place as well during that match. Um, I can't remember who got hurt. Um, but it was the Young Stallions taking on... Um, I think it was, was it the, like the Samoans? Uh, I'm forgetting who they wrestled. Uh, but it was Paul Roma and a guy named Jim Powers. And Jim Powers would go on uh, and be uh, a credible singles uh, guy to beat as he would occasionally go over like the Brooklyn Brawler or the Goon. Uh, and he would also have a brief stint in WCW where you can yep. see he had found all of the steroids that he did not find it at the WWE. That dude was really jacked up. And he actually actually tried a mini push with him, yeah. but it didn't go far. So Jim Powers, one half of the Young Stallions. The Young Stallions at, at the first Royal Rumble. Did lose to the Islanders, Haku and That's Tom. Right. Comma, excuse me. Somebody got hurt. Didn't didn't Roma get hurt? Maybe. I don't know. Let me let me look and see if I can find out. But it was a um yes, Roma hurt his knee when the ropes were low bridged and, and he went over. Um and was unable to turn the ring and got counted out, which gave them the, the first fall. Uh then the Islanders yeah, worked the second fall just against Powers with Roma chilling on the apron. Uh he eventually comes in, took a beating. Tagged himself in and then lost by submission to a half crab. They lost two falls to zero. The interesting thing about that, I, I digress, is that there were four matches on this Royal Rumble card. Ricky Steamboat versus Rick Root was the opener. The second match was the Jumping Bomb Angels versus the Glamour Girls. That was also a two out of three falls match. So half of the card consisted of two out of three falls matches at the first Royal Rumble. It's it's remember. crazy um, to think about that. I, it's funny. I was just listening to. I know you don't. I know you don't follow the podcast anymore, but uh, listening to Arn Anderson's podcast, they were covering the Brainbusters uh, tag title victory over Demolition, which was two out of three falls yeah. on a primetime wrestling. Or uh, was it on primetime or was it on a main event? I think it was, it was that one event, but I could be totally wrong. 
I think it was on but I think they replayed it on primetime. Probably. But uh but it was a two out of three falls match. So they, they used to use two out of three falls more than we give them credit for. I but agree. yes, Jim Powers. Jim Powers. So now you make me want to look up and see how the uh you know if the brain busters like where that where that event took place. Um, which is hard to get to because it's it's just uh, although I'm almost here. Uh, yes, the Brain Busters did beat Demolition on July 18th, 1989, aired on July 29th, in a two out of three falls match, which the Brain Busters won two to one on Saturday night's main event, 22, taped in Worcester, not Worcester, like Dorchester, not Dister, Worcester, Massachusetts. There you go. Historical Worcester, Massachusetts. It might be the most historical city in wrestling history. I don't know. So, here we go. Jim Powers. So, my next jobbers, enhancement talents, are a tag Ooh. team. There's lots of them. But I know for a fact I'm not stealing from your list. For 100% yeah. fact. And here's why. These guys work today. These guys work now. And... They are a tag team on the California independent scene who later this year might be making their way to the state of Arizona to work for a little company known as IZW. One of them has worked for us before, but now the tag team is coming out. They have worked, they have, they have been featured against such opponents as Braun Strowman on Monday Night Raw. And that, those are the Gibson brothers, which is funny because they're Latino, but they are the Gibson brothers. Um, I don't know if they ever had a run with the Yolo County Tag Team Championships, but uh, the Gibson brothers are the last members. You know, I like to give a shout out sometimes to the local, to the local people, and they are um, they are the team, the Gibson brothers. Actually, I'm trying to find the Gibson brothers, and it's it's not easy. They did also work the Authors of Pain. so there's there's that and and they've had uh they've had that. I'm trying to find out there I know one is Rex I don't know who the other one's name is but the Gibson brothers are my team for the list. Excellent. Well, Greg, you know where my you know where my last the last name is. It's going to be my favorite enhancement talent of all time. This guy also got a goofy push uh, during the uh, during the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars, because he, with a shaved head, bared an uncanny resemblance to a dumpy, nerdy-looking Goldberg, and that is. But before he was before he was known as this persona, he was just simply known as Dwayne Gill, and Dwayne Gill was everything you wanted out of an enhancement talent. Wore the traditional singlet. He had he was bald on the top, but still kept the mullet. It was you know no party up top, party in the back. And there's my favorite. He used to be my avatar uh, on one of the message boards of him just holding his hands up. Had the handlebar mustache, a la Hogan, and he used to travel around and get the shit kicked out of him left and right on various superstars, all American wrestling, wrestling challenge, you name it. Dwayne Gill was there to take the beating, but he would later shave those luxurious locks, but put into a black singlet 
and start snarling and yelling and come out to fake Goldberg music and be known as Gilbert as the WWE mocked the Goldberg character and like everything from Goldberg had the famous sparks that would fly at him. So they had two, they had two people holding sparklers. He would like hit himself in the head like Goldberg would, but he would like knock himself silly and he would stick his tongue out and just yell and scream. He was missing his two front teeth. Like he had like the inserts. So he would just, he would take those out. It was beautiful, beautiful stuff. And you knew it was an easy night for you as a talent if you saw Dwayne Gill looking across you, looking across from you from the other side of the ring. So funny story, who, who I've never, I don't know that we've ever shared on air before. Um, as a kid, I grew up in, in Virginia and, and would go to um, independent wrestling, uh, you know, in the, the independent, the Virginia Wrestling Association in the state of Virginia. And there was a team out of Maryland called the Lords of Darkness in which Barry Hardy was called Agony and Dwayne Gill was called Pain. And I saw them on a Virginia Wrestling Association show lose to a team, the main team in the state of Virginia called the Cream Team, Diamond Dave Casanova and Rip Rest in Peace Sawyer back in probably, I don't know, 1991, 1992, who knows? Um, I don't know if it was for the Virginia Wrestling Association Tag Team Championships. It was the cream team held all the time. I don't know. But they were there and they were definitely skullet, everything. Like, if I could, I found some old Virginia Wrestling Association content thanks to a, a Facebook page that was created. Um, and it's a heck of a trip down memory lane, but I didn't see those guys in any of them. But, um, yeah, Gilbert would go on to fame and, and hopefully even fortune. As Gilbert in in the WWF and eventually WWE, um, and he would also team with Barry Hardy in the WWE, just as Dwayne Gill and Barry Hardy um, as a tag team as well, sure. doing doing lots of lots of things, and and so. would also be the masked masked executioners. So yeah, <laughs> that is uh, that, and not only that, according to from my my crack research here. Yep. They were actually put in turtle costumes called the Toxic Turtles and earned a victory over some other enhancement talent, but it never made air and the gimmick was killed off, probably because they literally were wearing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle outfits and that was never going to fly for the WWF. But to Brad Armstrong, Santino Morella, the Italian stallion Jim Powers the Gibson brothers and Dwayne Gill slash Gilberg. You just made the list, but now we got to put it in order. That's true. So you've got to go first. Patrick fans are pissed right now. And we'll that, put right? this sucker in order before we wrap things up. All right. So, uh, Oh shit. It's been a hot minute. So the first name I'm rolling, that's the bottom of the list or the top of the list. You are starting with number one, starting with number one. Okay. Um, so, as I, I love him. He's my all-time favorite. But actually, I think for my number one enhancement talent, I'm going to go with your the first name that you dropped, actually. I'm really? not going to move Brad Armstrong. Because here's the thing. that Brad Brad Armstrong was enhancement in all, every sense of the word. Like, yes. he was good and made people better. Uh, or made people look good. Like, he, he put somebody over uh, and was, like, he looked like a credible wrestler while doing it 
And, you know, he was, he was just, he was so smooth and fluid. If the guy could have talked, maybe we're talking about his career in a different light. And he could talk. Uh, he played that buzzkill gimmick on Nitro for a while. And it just he did. Because it was just a copy of his brother, um, the road dog. So. Right. Yeah. So that, yeah, I, I think Brad Armstrong and, and just the level of respect he carried in the eighties and nineties as a talent, like tells you all that you need to know. So Brad Armstrong will be my first choice. So then I will go ahead and take your first name that you named and <laughs> give number two to the former intercontinental champion, Santino Morello. Nice. All right. Now I'm putting Dwayne Gill. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't not have the goofiest uh, of goofy enhancement talents not be in the top half of the list. So I, I he is going to be my number three. I don't blame you whatsoever. He's my number three, sir. Then, I mean, four and five are basically interchangeable at yeah, this like point. they're like the same guy. But I'm going to go ahead just because I can and put the Italian Stallion at number four. Fair enough. And that will put Jim Powers right there behind him at number five. Which means Greg's local modern day internet in independent wrestling pick of the Gibson brothers will be number six. When I said there was a version of the Italian stallion in the WWF, I was immediately thinking of Iron Mike Sharp. Oh, yeah, even yeah. in build, they were similar. They right. Iron Mike Sharp would win matches on primetime. Uh, yep. Well, he had that cast, you know, he had that, yeah, he was, like he was hurt for so years, long yeah. and I was really worried about it. No, here, and that's the thing is I know Barry Horowitz fans and Iron oh, Mark yeah. Sharp fans right now are decrying the podcast. The other name, oddly enough, that I left off uh, was my lone like NWA mid Atlantic guy, and that was Keith Larson. And Keith Larson had uh, his big, like, he looked like, like a dollar general Ric Flair. Like okay. had like blonde locks, had the dark eyebrows. Apparently, I don't know if this is true or if it was just the, the relationship they tried to get him. Cause they actually did try to get him over a little bit after a while. Uh, but they, he was allegedly Don Cardoodle's brother hmm. uh, back in the day. But like Keith Larson, he was, he was, he was an enhancement guy and he was just there every week for about three years. Um, on Mid-Atlantic and World Championship Wrestling, there'd be Keith Larson looking at the lights for the likes of Nikita Koloff or Arn Anderson or, uh, you know, anybody. I Magnum can't TA, even remember everyone. Keith Larson, but I'm finding matches with Keith, Lar- Keith Larson. Keith Larson was all over the NWA in the, in the mid-80s, like in like 84, 85, 86, somewhere in there. So he yeah. was, in fact, Don Kernodal's brother and did at right. times work as Rocky Kernodal. Yes. And was trained by Ole and Gene Anderson. That makes sense. And I did not remember Keith Larson whatsoever. Uh, See, that's why, that's why I was okay with that was That was my deep cut. Yeah, I will. That was my deep cut. Yeah, I could see it. Like, I, I do see it, like, as I'm looking at pictures of him. Like, Looks like a low rent Ric Flair. Really, really, really low rent Ric Flair. Like, right? Like, like, like he falls below Nature Boy Buddy Landell in yes. the low rent Ric Flair. Buddy Landell. But yeah, like looking at this guy, like yeah, I, I see why you would say that. Don Kernodal's brother, Rocky Kernodal, Keith Larson. I don't know if he actually was Don Kernodal's brother, but 
he he worked. He, he got he got he he got he got his he got he got, his mini push was when Don Cernodo got hurt by those nasty Russians. <laughs> nasty Russians. Because I think he worked. I think he worked Starcade. I think he was in Starcade and tagged with Oli. Really? I I'm almost positive. Now I got to go back. And see if that's the truth. The only I and, and this is one that we would often bring up, but this was in the WCW Saturday Night Days, like at, at Orlando, you know, in Orlando. So maybe a little bit different. Yeah, I, I really wanted the Gambler to be on your list. Starcade, Starcade '84, Ivan Koloff and Nikita Koloff versus Keith Larson and Ole Anderson. Here's the crazy thing. He also worked Starcade '86. Yep. Nelson Royal and Tim Horner beat Don Kernodal and Rocky Kernodal. Yeah, when he yeah, when he switched the name. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Did he work Starcade eighty seven? I don't think he he wasn't booked for Starcade eighty seven. Um sorry. Sorry there, Mr. Uh Mr. So and so. But yeah, it still still worked like in, in the two thousands. Yeah, he I mean and so did Don Kernodal. There's matches yeah, in 2006 for Don Kernodal. Which happy trails, Don Kernodal. There's literally no way. history, at least on cage match, from December 25th, 1986 until November 5th, or actually May 11th. I'm sorry. It's backwards. 2002. Like, like that's just. So he took a, took a really long break. Took a 16-year break from pro wrestling somehow. Right. I, I doubt that. But yes, very, very interesting. He wrestled as Rocky Cronodal a lot, it seems. And also, yep. Keith, wow. Wow. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Lots I'm, of I'm glad that I got to take you on that one. I know. That was nice. That it's was rabbit hole. That was for Patrick O'Dowd and Greg DeMarco, not for anybody else. But that's okay. Because that's no fun. learn learn about your enhancement talents, people. Go back and learn about your history. So much fun. The guy I thought you were going to mention before I was distracted that did work and probably also worked center stage, but I really remember him from the 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 tapings in Orlando when the ring could actually spin on the little platform was the gambler. And, and oh yeah, did not get the gambler. I really thought the gambler would be on your list. But, right. and, and there were so many. I mean, we could have gone. You know, attitude era Vegas, with the goon um, and and yeah, Vinny Vegas. Yeah, that guy never amounted to anything. That guy but, never had Oz. Oz. I mean, there's so many things that we people that we could have gone through. I, um, can we can we just take a moment? How did Kevin Nash not quit wrestling? What? <laughs> I mean, I get it. He got to be Diesel and it, and it fixed it all. But Jesus Christ. But had Shawn Michaels not seen him on TV and been like, we should bring him in as my bodyguard, never would have happened. Never would have became a Hall of Fame performer. That's just insane. And then Nash for the NWO. Like, just never would have happened. So, man, these these lists are fun. You just made the list. Dean fucking Ambrose. Acknowledge me. I'll be honest with you, my it needed to be said was something we eventually got into. Like, I don't know what's going on with AEW. Like, I just don't get it. I watched Dynamite last week. I, I, I watched it on Thursday. I pulled it up. I have the TV in the bedroom now, so I pulled it up while I was working. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. 
I enjoyed Dynamite last week. And I was okay. like, why am I enjoying Dynamite? Why is Dynamite nothing from what I would ever complain about? And and here's the thing. The matches that took place on Dynamite last week, there was no Young Bucks. There was no Lucha Bros. There was no, um, you know, the, basically none of the Jericho Appreciation Society. All the contrived Spot Fest wrestlers didn't work last week's episode of Dynamite. And <laughs> so I feel like if I continue to watch it, I would not find the enjoyment that I found. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish turned against the Young Bucks. Like, Adam Cole never took off his jacket, so you have to see how skinny he is. Like, I literally got to see Adam Cole be the Adam Cole that I know and love for a moment in time. Um, even, if the pro- even if the turn was way too slow when they did it. But uh, I, I, there was a Christian-Matt Hardy match that sucked, but the a, even the angle after with Jungle Boy and all that was good, like... I, I enjoyed it, and then I realized why. As I was like, okay, it's because there's no Kenny Omega, there's no Young Bucks, there's no none of that. Hangman Page came out wearing a wife beater that he's kind of popping out of. Like again, these AEW wrestlers just stop working out and jeans with butterflies on them. But hey, I'm sure the AEW fan base likes it. But I liked it. I enjoyed it. I'm just I just don't get it because I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand like. Again, nothing on there told me that I could have gotten a new fan to watch this show. Like, it's just right. not going to grow. And that's my biggest. So, concern. yeah, we, you you alluded to this when you talked about look it up or Google. Yeah. It. One of the things that I've always appreciated about professional wrestling, no matter the company, is that as a fan, or, you know, as a viewer, you should be able to watch an hour of their programming and have a pretty good idea by the time that hour is up, if not sooner, what's going on with minimal effort on your part. And I don't feel that very often with AEW. And there's so much... You talked about like just the amount of talent that they've got under contract and signed. And there's just so many people and so many, like, I don't know. Everything kind of just goes in a bunch of different directions. It's all crazy and spread out and and it's tough to follow and understand. And and there's assumptions that you know who people are and what they're doing and how they're connected and why these people have beef. And this is, this is something that is a, that, that, Good wrestling companies don't do. Like I can go watch. I'm not going to use the WWE as an example. I can go watch Impact. Mm-hmm. I can go watch. Hell, I can watch New Japan and and know what's up with 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 their with their with their wrestlers and who they're who, who they're working against and why they're why they're fighting. And in an hour, I'm 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 up to speed. I mean, basic the basic story in New Japan, by the way, is Will Ospreay's a dick, and everybody wants to beat him up, but they don't because right now Will Ospreay is hot. That's that's the thing. For example, and AEW just doesn't do that. I can't hear what you're saying. Sorry, I had it muted. Um, they don't even like the video packages. That's what I don't understand. Like they don't run the video. On Raw the past two weeks, we have seen video packages 
not just the great United States Championship ones, but we've seen video packages for Tommaso Ciampa. And they're showing a lot of yep. what he did in NXT. And if they push, you know, Raquel Rodriguez, they can do that as well. I mean, there are so many talents in NXT they can do. And this is the brilliance of Triple H. Because everyone's like, oh, this is wonderful. People who don't know Tommaso Ciampa can see what he can do. And in my brain, I'm like, and people who don't know NXT might seek it out. Right. Because now they're also showing NXT over and over and over again. And because there's going to be more synergy between characters when they move from NXT to the main roster, this is going to happen more and more in the coming years and is going to benefit the NXT brand. Because they never use this. They rarely mentioned NXT. But now, when EO Sky's out there wrestling, commentary's telling us she's a former NXT women's champion. Like People's NXT accolades are now included whenever they're out there. Like, this is obviously right. something that we didn't see this before. So, again, they're using, I don't know, and I don't watch AEW to know, but do they ever say, this guy does really well on Dark? My guess is no, but I could be wrong. Um, but it just, and I and I actually think Dark and, and Evolution can be a very effective product for them, but it's not. And I think Dark and Evolution have more viewers than Impact does. So they're just on YouTube. Right. But it, it's, it's, they just don't use it that way because they don't think like that because they're catering to the hardcore fan base who already knows all this stuff. And, and they literally will do storylines that take place on being the elite. And if you don't watch BTE, you don't know what's going on. I shouldn't have to watch right. BTE to know what's going on. So that's, that's a big part of the problem. And it's sad too because they do have a lot of great wrestlers under contract. And sometimes I forget that people are even there, uh, because they're pushing Tony Nice. And, and it's just like what, but, but the Lucha Bros <laughs> never get on television. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I just complained about the Lucha Bros earlier because they do the contrived spots, but like Pentagon is a single star and so is Phoenix in my opinion. So who knows? But. Honestly, a lot of those guys, like Nick Jackson is one of the best cruiser rates in the world, but he works contrived tag team matches, so you would never know. Um, who knows? But yeah, it needed to be said, AEW is just leaving money and opportunity on the table left and right, but it's okay because they got the hardcore fan base and that's who's going to tune and that's who's going to do everything. So, And that is going to do it for this week's edition of The Greg DeMarco Show. You can follow me at Chairshot Greg. Follow Patrick O'Dowd. At Wrestling Realist, it's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Go follow the website at ChairShot Media. It's thechairshot.com. Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment, and so much more. You know what it is. TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And we're going to wrap it up. Patrick O'Dowd is tired. He is working to the bone it is that time of year i know it because my kids are also starting school so um yeah i feel like we're just going to end the show with these same sound bites and songs every week because i like them so much it's a shameful thing Shut your dumb mouth. Shut up! This is such good shit.